welcome to Recess Tonight, the uh, pandemic series. I'm Alan. And that would make me Rob as well. Okay, so we're hitting uh, with a new format here, Rob. We're going to do short episodes to give our listeners some education and just-in-time info uh, in preparation for the um, spread of COVID-19. Yeah, I think it's a, a good little series just to get people up to speed, especially on some topics that maybe they don't feel completely comfortable with. Excellent. So we're going to start this off um, by phrasing um, this. This is going to be the basics of information and how we hope to how we hope our listeners use it is if you aren't already comfortable with the topic, this is something to give you some more ammo. Uh, Alternatively, when you uh, if you are now thrust into a more of a oversight position and you are now uh, managing colleagues who are now uh, who have not seen non-invasive ventilation for example in the past this will give you the basics for to start for uh, the new users all right uh, let's start this off so we know with um, covid that it is uh, it's a virus and how it affects the patients who are hospitalized is typically they develop a type of patchy viral pneumonia. So they develop a type of acute respiratory distress syndrome or ARDS, but it's a little bit different than traditional ARDS that you, we've seen in the critical care units. This ARDS, there are some case reports that the uh, lung compliance is actually a bit soft. It's not rigid like the traditional ARDS. And case reports from China and from um Italy have suggested that non-invasive ventilation is uh, one one bridge that you can use um, to see if you can avoid um, intubation. Now, let me preface this here. Uh, Most practice guidelines are advocating for early intubation. So if the patient's showing hypoxemic refractory to nasal prongs, they will almost exclusively move to intubation. Now, the reason why we're talking about non-invasive is despite it having a bigger spread of the viral of the virus uh, when they're on the mask, um, we have to talk about what resources we have. And in Italy, they've run out of ventilators. So they're trying to buy time with some of these patients with the viral pneumonia by giving them non-invasive. So they're using BiPAP and CPAP in hopes of trying to um, preserve their ventilator resources. So we're going to jump into the mechanics of BiPAP and CPAP. Um, Rob, I'm going to throw it to you. Okay, so when we're talking about BiPAP and CPAP, we're just going to keep this super low level, just very, very direct, um, understandable kind of stuff. So let's start with CPAP um, and BiPAP, the things that are common between the two. So both of them are going to have a mask that's fitting over the patient's face. And the idea behind it is it's typically a quite a like good pliable suctiony cup thing that kind of goes over their face and nose, um, sorry, mouth and nose. And the idea behind it is that you're creating a sealed circuit, so to speak, so that you can actually inflict on the patient the good things that we're wanting to get from CPAP and BiPAP. Now, let's talk about CPAP specifically. CPAP is continuous positive airway pressure. And with CPAP, what are we doing essentially is we're providing a pressure, a continuous pressure during exhalation and inhalation, exact same pressures, so that the patient can have 
positive airway pressure, positive end expiratory pressures when they're breathing. So it keeps their lungs nice and open and, and their airways nice and, and propped open as well. Now with that, like I said, we're giving a continuous pressure. So the um, common place to start with CPAP, um, you know, maybe five millimeters of, of, of mercury, sorry, five centimeters of water is generally the pressure that uh, is going to be a start off for that. But that can go up depending on your patient's etiology and what we're needing to do at this point. If I'm honest, I haven't seen the CPAP numbers that are being used for these patients in China and in Italy previously. Now, BiPAP is an interesting kind of upgrade, you could say, on CPAP. Now, BiPAP, the whole game is, is it's biphasic pressures. So you're going to have a different pressure during inspiration than you are going to have a pressure during inspiration. So inspiration, expiration, different pressures. So you're going to have maybe two and a half, three centimeters of water during inspiration. And then you're going to have increased amount of pressures on expiration. Again, the idea is to open up those alveoli, get those, those um, uh, bronchial, the big tubes nice and propped open as well, trying to facilitate better oxygenation of these patients and, and facilitate hopefully some, some better outcomes for them. And fingers crossed, definitely delay intubation or maybe even remove the need for intubation in these viral pneumonia patients. Both of these are going to have an effect on cardiac output um, in different levels in that as you increase the pressure in a closed circuit like your upper and lower airways, you're going to have an increase in intrathoracic pressure. It's going to happen. That's a good thing a lot of the time. Um, the one consideration to kind of put across your brain as you're working as a recess nurse here is going to be What's this person's cardiac output looking like right now? Are they having sufficient pressure of the, their, their blood going out that they can handle an increase in intrathoracic pressure, which is going to drive down their cardiac output? Um, it's going to reduce the amount of preload coming back to the right side of the heart, um, and you're going to have a decrease in the amount of output. That being said, we have very good ways of manipulating that as well in these patients, um, using uh, pressors and using other types of forms of treatment to, to ensure that their cardiac output uh, maintains um, as close to hemodynamic status as we can so that their organs all get nicely perfused and uh, we get rid of the waste products uh, from those two. Now, Alan, what other considerations do you kind of think of when you're kind of walking through CPAP and BiPAP? Right. So I like to keep things simple because I'm a simple man. When I think of BiPAP, I can control two things because it's bi-level or biphasic. I can control ventilation so I can make it easier to exchange gas and I can control oxygenation by splinting open the alveoli with the positive, the end positive pressure on the alveoli. Uh, and for CPAP, I see it as um, being able to splint open the airways, at, uh, splint open the alveoli uh, at the end of uh, expiration. And remember, this is a viral pneumonia, so typically it'll be mixed uh, hypercapnic, hypoxemic respiratory failure. Uh, but the goal would be to splint open the alveoli. Now, back to your question, uh, Rob, about um, data points of how to assess whether you're winning or losing or getting better or getting worse. It's no different than if your patient's intubated or not intubated or walking in or being rolled in with the paramedics. Start systematically is what I advocate for. If you think in head-to-toe systems, do it that way. If you think in the A to F format of airway, breathing, circulation, etc., do it that way. 
Just don't change what you normally do. And when we talk about data points, um, I will use the head-to-tool format, for example. Data points to know if you're winning or losing if you're on non-invasive ventilation is level of consciousness. Are you more drowsy or are you more alert? Are you more confused or are you more, uh, more oriented now? Then I go to respiratory. Does it look like they're breathing better? Does is their respirate gone up or gone down? Is there are, have their oxygen saturations improved or have they uh, not unchanged? Um, if you have the capacity to, you can even draw blood gas if you needed more data points to prove your point. Moving on to circulatory blood pressure, what's changed? How's the skin feel? Um, what's the heart rate? Maybe if you're trained in ultrasound, you can f- throw a probe on. Shout out to uh, Corbin Haycock and Tammy from our previous podcast about nurse ultrasound. Um, this might be a reasonable time to try lactate. I mean, it might give you an idea of badness if you're not sure if you're winning or losing. The key is to ensure that you're thinking through things in a systematic way and not relying on one data point to prove your point. All right, Rob, we hit a lot of information in about nine minutes and 12 seconds here. Do you have anything else to add? Nope, that's it. I think this is going to be a great series, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to some topics that uh, can hopefully ha- help some bedside uh, today recess nurses or soon-to-be recess nurses. Okay. Uh, hit me with three pearls for non-invasive ventilation, Rob. Sure. Um Pearl number one, make sure the seal on the patient's face is good. You don't have a seal. That means you don't have a nice closed circuit, so it's not, so it's not well put together. Number two, take a look at that patient's cardiac output and get an idea of whether they have sufficient cardiac output to be able to stand a trial of CPAP or BiPAP with this, with this patient. And number three, when you are needing to increase pressures for CPAP and BiPAP, and more specifically for BiPAP, is go up in a very controlled algorithmic way as as you increase one type of uh, change in a patient, you're looking to see if you've had any improvements in your areas of key um, change. What about you, Alan? My one big pearl is you can't rely on one data point to prove if you're winning or losing. You need a whole host of them. Like Philippe Rolla says, redundancy is good. You need as much low-quality evidence to make a decision as possible. Because we, let's face it, a lot of the clinical exam and a lot of the diagnostics uh, in on its own yield next to no information. All right. Now, if you want to hear us talk about any topics that you think may be helpful um, for, for recess nurses out there, please give us a tweet at recess tonight, all one word on Twitter, and we'll try to get a cast together for you. Otherwise, we'll continue a few of these quick hit series in hopes of giving you some uh, practical tools to help support your patients throughout this uh, this challenging period. All right, for uh, recess tonight, stay safe out there, y'all. Mm-hmm.